The Liz Callaway Show. She's a one of a kind, and she's only found here. The new conservative alternative. Talk 94.5. Finally, you can start waking up on the right side of the bed again. Good morning and welcome to the Liz Callaway Show with Nick Summers. Welcome to your Tuesday morning, May 16th, 8.06. So, you know, Nick, we have talked time and time again about, uh, you know, cancel culture, censorship and all of that. Well, joining us live on the air right now from Sky Horse Publishing is the CEO, Tony Lyons. Good morning, Tony. Hey, good morning. How are you? Good. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, I was uh, talking a bit about you uh, before our interview on the air, and uh, I was saying, you know, you have uh, you have a history of finding those books that have been, uh, you know, kind of stopped from going to print, canceled, you know, contracts pulled from because of a tweet or because of a, an opinion on something. Um, tell us a little bit more about your main mission with Skyhorse Publishing. Yeah, so, you know, we've taken a very strong stance against cancel culture. And we've gotten to this very strange time in history where, uh, like you said, some little thing can happen. Somebody can be accused of something but not convicted. Uh, and their whole life can be turned upside down. Their their books can be canceled. Their, you know, they can lose their jobs. They can lose their friends. And it's, you know, it's a, it's a terrible thing. And it's un-American, and I'm happy to fight against it. So when, um, I mean, how many books now have you uh, published? And and were all of them starting from a point of, you know, having a hard time finding a publisher or being canceled? No, we've published, you know, in, in some sense, uh, more than 10,000 books. I mean, we have more than 10,000 books in print. Wow. Some of them we bought from from other publishers mm-hmm. at various times, but uh, so it's a very small percentage of the books that we published. But it's a very important part of it to me. So when you hear what was the le- the the latest one that you did, like you know, you hear some book is being canceled, or uh, do you hear of an author that's having a hard time finding a publisher? Is does that is that how it comes on your radar? Yeah, that that happens some of the time, but then, then there are also a lot of authors. So. You know, when you take the uh, book by Robert F. Kennedy Jr. called The Real Anthony Fauci, so that's a book that I that I heard about because I uh, knew Bobby Kennedy personally. And, you know, that's a that's a story that's kind of canceled where um, where this is a book that alleges corruption at the highest levels of government and no mainstream media source wants to carry it. Nobody's going to do an investigation, um, no reviews in any newspapers. Most privately owned stores wouldn't even carry the book, wouldn't even take orders for it. So it's, it's sort of like almost like a cover up story mm-hmm. where, you know, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. worked on this, you know, 12, 14 hours a day for nine months, had a whole team of people doing research for him. And he really uncovered something so important. To the country, and yet nobody would, would get the story out. So I was so proud to be the publisher of it and to kind of work day and night to find ways to sell it, despite, you know, the strongest censorship program that I've ever seen in my lifetime. 
You know, we're speaking with Tony Lyons, the uh, CEO of Skyhorse Publishing. I, I have to ask you a question because I'm, I'm really thinking about this. So if you have a publisher, um, I mean, if, if let's say I was a publisher, I would want a book that is going to get a lot of people interested in buying it. And usually that's a controversial book, you know, something that's maybe going to teach you something you've never uh, learned before or heard about, or it's going to give you like a memoir. It's going to give you a behind the scenes look. Um, so let's say like someone like Woody Allen, a lot of people have issues with him. Um, you know, basically, namely because of him, um, I guess, having a relationship with his, I don't know, she adopted daughter. I don't even know what, what the situation was. But I mean, he wrote a, a memoir. Was he having trouble getting published because of that history? Yeah, so he was having trouble getting published because of accusations that were not proven. Mm-hmm. So his book was called uh, Apropos of Nothing. It's his, it's his whole life story, and he had a fascinating life. He's an iconic, you know, film figure. And, you know, one of the biggest publishers in the world signed a contract to publish that, that book. And then people working at the company uh, sort of picketed outside. Many of the authors threatened to pull their books or to pull their future books from the company. So it was kind of an extrajudicial uh, system that set up where rumor and innuendo and accusation uh, can like I said before, just really impact somebody's life. So I was I was very happy to publish that book. I think it's an excellent book and, and, and you know, a, a really important historical book. And, uh, you know, books ought to stand on their own. Mm-hmm. So even if somebody is guilty of doing something, and, and these are all cases where, where people aren't mm-hmm. uh, or, you know, where that hasn't been proven, but even if they are guilty, you know, Reading a book is not an endorsement, so it's sort of like there's or publishing this new it. Cancel culture, right? Right. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean... You know, there's a right. Publishing it is is not an, an endorsement. Publishing is an endorsement of the idea that it's an interesting book that people ought to read. Right. It's not an endorsement of the point of view or the lifetime of the author. Mm-hmm. You know that that's a totally different question, and they're and they're different you know, venues where things ought to be decided and whether or not somebody's guilty should be decided in a court of law, mm-hmm. whether or, or not, you know, what a, a particular book is worth reading, you know, ought to be decided by the court of public opinion, you know, whether they like the book, whether they think it's well written, whether they think it's interesting, mm-hmm. even if they disagree with it. So you don't have to buy a book just because you're sure beforehand that you're going to agree with it what's right. the point of that yeah like you said before you know tony i, I was just thinking I, I can't help but think about the whole story about the the baker and the gay wedding you know where the 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 person they, the couple comes in and says we want you to bake a cake for a gay wedding and he says no that's against my religion and the next thing you know there's a major lawsuit and all that um in this case it's like let's say you were you know pro-life and someone comes over and says, I want you to write this book. I, I want you to publish this bush- book about uh, abortion. 
And it's almost like, no, I don't want it's against my, you know, my views. So I choose not to choose, you know, not to publish that book. I'm going to not interested in that book. Um, or is it if anybody comes to you, you know, it is there ever a book that's not that shouldn't be published or should it be up to the publisher's feelings on whether or not, you know, I mean, because the publisher is still a business. So it's it's kind of like a funny thing. Do you have an obligation to publish any book that comes your way and turning it down for a, 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 any particular reason? Is is that against the, the rules uh, of society or civil lawsuits could be had? I, I'm just wondering. Yeah, so I don't I don't think a publisher has any obligation to publish any book that that they don't want to. It's it's a different sort of situation when they dis- decide that they do want to publish a book, like in the case of the uh, you know book by uh, Mr. Woody Allen, where you know they decided that they thought that was a terrific book, that it was beautifully written, that it was an important book, um, and that they would be proud to publish, and then they hold it based on pressure from the outside. So that's a very different case. So if somebody comes to me with a book and I don't want to publish it, there's no story there. I mean, I turn down books all the time. Hmm. So that, that's a very different thing than cancel culture, where the reason for not publishing it is, is just fear of, of consequences because of this sort of upsurge of, of, uh, of a certain very narrow-minded kind of thinking. So we're speaking with Tony Lyons, the uh, CEO of Skyhorse uh, Publishing. Has you ever published a book that you have thought, uh, maybe I shouldn't have published that one? Yeah, I don't, I don't really have those kinds of thoughts because, you know, many of the times I've published books on both sides of the same issue. Mm. So, so I think book publishing you know, ought to open people's minds. People ought to read a book to explore ideas. So I would encourage people to read books that they disagree with, and I would encourage publishers to publish books that they disagree with. And then, you know, maybe, uh, as with any form of, of learning, you take in more information and maybe your perspective changes. You know, maybe you actually learn something from the book. Yeah. And that, I think, is a good thing. And it's treated as if it's a bad thing, like uh, making any decision that, you know, counters what you believe prior to reading a book or prior to watching a TV show uh, is, is, like I said before, some kind of an endorsement of a, of a point of view that's misinformation or disinformation or wrong in some other way. And, you know, all of that, I think, is a very, very bad trend that what you want is maximum access to information. And mm-hmm. if people have better arguments, those arguments ought to win. But, you know, canceling people or trying to avoid certain narratives, uh, that I think is a terrible thing. And we saw that during the pandemic, yeah. that anybody who disagreed with the government <laughs> became a sort of purveyor of misinformation. Yeah. And as we know, it's all been flipped on its head. Um, and, you know, we turned out to be the smart ones saying, wait a minute, this doesn't make sense. Um, so what do you think is the biggest issue with stifling this um, type of 
freedom of the press or stifling opinions? Or what do you think the ramifications will be of this bubbling under in society? Uh, If there wasn't a publisher like you that would say, hey, let me take a look at that book. This might be something we'd publish. Um, You know, what would be the, the result? I mean, of course, you know, you talked about healthy dialogue on a topic and maybe, you know, um, getting some new information out in the world. But how do you think it'll manifest uh, if we don't have publishers like you willing to stick their necks out? But what you saw with with the whole COVID narrative was, you know, for example, Skyhorse published a, a whole host of books that challenged the mainstream narrative. And I think that if those books had been you know, really looked at closely by government officials. Now, I mean, I don't, I don't think that they wanted to, and, I, and, and my personal belief there is that uh, they had no interest in kind of... <laughs> the truth. Uh, re- Letting people know the truth. Following science. <laughs> yes, right. right. <laughs> um, but, but, but let's say that they did. Let's say they were just sort of misguided people. Then I would say that the beauty of publishing books is, is that that's what when it comes to that kind of publishing, mm-hmm. that's what real science is, that you get a whole bunch of different people with different points of view and you investigate all of them. And then through that scientific process, you get to better ideas, better policies, and you actually save people's lives. So information really can kill people or it can save their lives. And well, if you have. Uh, well, I was just going to say, example, oh, OK, head. I'm sorry. Sure. So, so if, if, for example, you know, we, we published several books, uh, you know, one of them being The Real Anthony Fauci by Robert F. Kennedy Jr., one of them being Dr. Robert Malone's book, Lies My Government Told Me, one of them being, you know, uh, Ed Dowd's book. I mean, I mean many of, of the books in, in this area claimed with a lot of really good uh, background and a lot of really good research um, that the, the lockdowns didn't make sense or that mm-hmm. masking didn't really help or that, you know, vaccines were likely to cause more deaths than they were to, to save lives. Um, so if there had really been an investigation into each of those claims and each of those books, I think lives would have been saved. Well, I agree with you, but I'm a little bit, you know, well, I, I'm more outwardly cynical, maybe, and maybe you feel the same way. But like you said, let's say they want it, you know, really, they would read the book and actually use the information. But the the thing is, is though, Tony, um, I can't help but believe that they were purposely controlling the narrative. And, uh, you know, they didn't want us to know the truth. And they were trying to stifle it. And it was because of people like... The, those authors and those scientists and doctors and, and you know, uh, experts and people like you willing to help them get it published. You know, I mean, it's like, you know, ooh, those meddling kids. It's because of you all that we were able because I interviewed Ed Dowd and, you know, I've read the real, uh, you know, Anthony Fauci. Um, it's like, you know, if I didn't have that information I wouldn't have ever sat back in my chair and be like, what's going on here? You know, you know, um, and I was able to make good decisions about my health 
because I felt educated on it. And I felt like the government was trying to trick us. So they are, they are doing it with nefarious intention. I don't think it's because they don't want to be bothered with, you know, other people's uh, information. I feel like they were purposefully sure, that, trying to misguide sort of their, us. Yeah, that that's, you know, I was looking at it in, in the best possible way. I know, way. but I it, there I is no believe. way. I, there's no way. Right. But if, but if you look at Ed Dowd's book, Cause Unknown, I mean, that's just a phenomenal book. And it, it makes such a strong argument. And, yeah. you know, there, there are a lot of people who Logical. want to hide from the conclusions that, that come from that. And there's, you know, so it, it was this, you know, very nefarious and uh, sort of evil program mm-hmm. that was set up oh, yeah. where you had the government colluding with big pharmaceutical companies to sort of extract as much money from the public as possible to get as much power and control as possible with really, you know, from the look of it, no interest in actual public health, no interest in protecting the public. And it was at the the detriment uh, in many cases of people. Oh, sure. I mean, it was so, so clear now, even the New York Times, which I think was, you know, terrible on everything having to do with with covid came out with a with a story uh written by its its uh uh, uh founding family uh you know leader now um and uh so Stoltzberger wrote this this piece saying that um that it was so important to have a free and independent press <laughs> and i was kind of hopeful when when i read the uh headline and i and i started reading some of it and he went into the idea that that the lockdowns were probably not well thought out, that um, that masking probably you know wasn't necessary. Um, but then he said that he wanted to make one thing clear: one thing that was not open to debate was that vaccines were 100 percent safe and, and effective. <laughs> and if there was one thing that he was wrong about that he regretted personally was that he wasn't sure that booster shots were a, were a good idea, and it, and it turned out to be wrong. So I thought that was such an interesting article because it's a it's a step into sort of saying, well, the New York Times got some of this narrative wrong, mm-hmm. but still clinging to so much of it that's been proven to be wrong and is generally accepted by many, many scientists to just be totally wrong. But he still couldn't come out and say yeah. that they got that aspect of it. And even that article about the need for a free press became just another prong in this sort of propaganda machine. Well, Tony, I, I mean, it, I, I could keep talking about this because I, I mean, we have I have dealt with um, doctors, you know, just personal doctors who really want to tell the truth about what the vaccine's doing to their patients, but they can't. You know, they 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 can't broadcast it to the world. They can only help patient by patient. But um, you know, I, I mean. If if the world would accept, you know, all these ideas and we can talk about them freely, I mean, the books are there, but until people read them, um, that's really uh, where we have to get people to go. And that's why I try and bring as many of those authors as possible uh, to the air. And in fact, I, and I just wanted to ask you, um, is there a way, do you have a media department where we could reach those authors, um, you know, connect with them for interviews? to promote those books yeah definitely i mean okay definitely feel 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 free just to contact me i mean we're 
we're coming out with a book um, June 6th by Dr. Pierre Quarry. Oh. And it's called The War on Ivermectin, the yeah. medicine that saved millions but could have ended the pandemic. Um, that, I think, is a really fascinating book because it, it sort of shows that in the effort to, to make sure that the vaccine program kind of succeeded mm -hmm. because it was going to be so incredibly profitable for so many people, just, you know, tens of billions of dollars of, of profit, they were willing to just you know, not only vilify people and, and not only try to cancel books, but also to go after certain medicines mm -hmm. and, you know, prophylactic uh, and antiviral yeah. that could have really saved people's lives. But they didn't want to do that because mm -hmm. there was no money to be made on it. It's so it's, it's just such an ugly story. Yeah. And the, you know, the, the idea that that just that one thing, that mm -hmm. if millions and millions of people had taken ivermectin, there's the possibility that, you know, hundreds of thousands of lives would have yeah. been saved. And the problem is that we have this system of censorship and propaganda and control that is at its core really anti-science. But, mm -hmm. the, but the problem is that these really powerful people yeah. and government officials are telling people that the truth tellers are actually... Yeah. I you know, think it's criminal. Yeah. I think it's criminal, and I think a lot of people have blood on their hands, and, and I think the, the other shoe is going to drop on this decades from now, and I hope I'm alive to, to see it. I really do, because I, uh, what has happened, and thank you for doing what you're doing, um, and I look forward to that book, and I will reach out to you um, to, to get those voices on our air. Uh, thank you so much. Tony Lyons, uh, CEO of Skyhorse Publishing. Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much. Liz Calloway and Nick Summers will be back in a few on Talk 94.5.